like to. We're going to feel really well, but I don't want to constantly repeat the notes. Simply to say thanks uh, to uh, people that travel down. You know that the next encounter evening is in Mansfield. And we're also rolling one out in Alpherton the month after that and then back again. And we want to do that with a sort of prophetic intent to make a statement. And so appreciate people coming down on Tuesday to say we're here next time. We're going to encourage people to come up from Ilkeston. And it was just a, it just captured the, a real sort of spirit of what we shared out in, in terms of the leadership of the church. And as Julie said, it's a great foundation to build upon. Um, if we tried to replicate that every Sunday, what would happen is we'd immediately go in on ourselves. Um, and, and the danger would be we'd stop becoming outward facing. But of course we want God to move by his spirit on Sunday. We want to be open to the prophetic word. We want to reach out to God. And I'm sure that you've sensed that even in Mansfield in recent weeks, the spirit of God's been great amongst us. But that was a specific night. Really be able to take some time just to pray and share with folks. And, uh, and it went really well. We were encouraged. And again, thanks, ladies, for those that travelled down on Thursday and supported uh, the event. The exciting thing about Loose Swimming is about a third of the ladies that came, 140, were there on Thursday. About a third of those wouldn't regularly come to Arena Church. And so it's proved to be a great opportunity to bring. And uh, someone's saying, is this really church? Yeah, you know, do all sorts of things. But so it's great. So encouraged in all of that. And uh, yeah, let's just continue to be encouraged with regard to the building. We're getting lots of positive feedback. And uh, genuinely, people are saying we're, we're going to be coming there and we're looking forward to it opening. And, and uh, so we're really, really excited about what God's doing. And, um, and thank you for all those that are able to give an hour or two when the opportunities present itself. Thank you. So we come to the Word of God. We come to the final session of, um, of this series that we've been running for the last six weeks entitled All Healthy Things I think I heard David Sherman mention this phrase some years ago. We've not pinched it off him, but it was just, as you, try, as, as you know, in Arena, we, we try and prayerfully pray through seasons of ministry. And we want to prepare that well, but we also want it to be a real word in season into our hearts. And uh, so we, we, we believe that. And we believe that as we continue to stay healthy in Arena Mansfield, that the inevitability of being a healthy church will be that we'll be a growing church. And so the foundational verse is 2 Peter 3.18, which says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Interesting, that verse comes at the end of two letters written by Peter near the end of the New Testament, 1 and 2 Peter. And they were written to a backdrop of suffering and persecution. Uh, it, they were written to believers that had been scattered uh, for the faith. As Julie was mentioning about baptism, I, I, you know... I, it's not an edgy comment, but it's absolutely true. There's nothing, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where Jesus says, pray about it. He says, be it. And here's the truth, friends. We identify with the body of Christ in the earth. And there are people today, literally, they're getting baptized. And to some degree, their life's on the line to do it. How much more with us having the privileges still of freedom, of liberty, of, of the faith, that we should step into what God's called us to do. It's part of our growing, our development. So I want you to realize that that verse right at the end of those two letters comes from a very difficult situation of opposition, of people standing against them. But God says, through his servant, but continue to grow in the knowledge and faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And out of that, we've, we've, uh, out of that foundation that we laid, uh, saying that it's God's will and he gives us help to grow, we, we talked about healthy souls. Christian talked about the inner world of our lives. 
We talked about healthy homes and living for the Lord right in the context of where we live. We talked about a healthy appetite of uh, passion for the word and faith and uh, his spirit and presence. And God came close on that evening to encourage us. And last week we talked about a healthy church. And we took some of the aspects of the church being a body and we went from head to feet. And realized that God's calling us to be a church that is in rude health for the glory of God and for the praise of his name. And tonight I want us just to conclude this series. Of course the list could go on and on and on. There's many things. But we, we, we're into a, a, another season of arena over the next few weeks as again Julie's told us. But I want us to think tonight for a few moments about healthy fruit. And if you've got a Bible, in however way you access it, then I'd like you to go to John chapter 15. I'm going to read the first eight verses. John chapter 15. And I want us to consider tonight healthy fruit in our lives. All healthy things grow. And here's the words of Jesus in John's gospel, chapter 15 and verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. (coughs) Excuse me. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may be even more fruitful. You You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I as also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me and you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God has called every one of us here tonight, however long we've been a Christian, to fruitfulness, to healthy fruit. Genesis 1.28, God says to the early inhabitants of the earth, be fruitful and multiply. I understand the context of that verse was particularly to fill in the earth with people, but it also reflects the high ideal of the Lord, that he loves to see fruitfulness in people's lives. Imagine for a moment that you're a fruit. You can take your pick, an apple, an orange, a pear, whatever it be. Imagine you plant yourself in the most infertile, unproductive soil. Imagine that you don't expose yourself to the sun or the rain. And then you're expecting to produce a harvest. It just doesn't happen. To be fruitful, friends, we have to place ourselves in contexts where fruit can be born. And the reality is that many, many people, and I'll come to this again in a moment, live their lives in such a way that they end up not in fruitfulness, but withered and bruised and shriveled. And it's not the heart of God. And John 15 points us, to the life of healthy fruit bearing. And that fruit should never be diminishing, but should always be increasing. You've been a Christian 20 years, great. But here's the truth. God wants you to bear more fruit. He really does. He really does. He wants every one of us never to be diminishing, but always be increasing. 
And so we've got this picture in John 15 of a Middle Eastern agricultural context. A vine that produces wine, of course, and branches. You say, well, that's not very common in our country. No, the Bible's written in a Middle Eastern climate and culture. But the reality is that you go to some parts of the world, and this is a very, very common picture. For instance, Australia, there's hundreds of what they call vineries. Do you want to go and see the vineries? And they're just rows and rows and rows and rows of vines. Because, of course, it's a great wine-producing nation. The reason that we're not very good at it is because you get yesterday, yeah, but you get Friday as well, you know. And Friday doesn't turn to be very good for producing the sorts of vines and grapes and branches that we need to make great wine. There's a few folks down in Kent having a go, but you know what I mean, generally speaking. And vine and branches, they need attention. They need good soil. They need pruning. I'll come back to that in a moment. So I want you not to be put off by the picture. It's a picture that the people in Jesus' day would immediately run to. And I want you just to think about it tonight where Jesus says, I am the vine. He says, you are the branches that spill from the vine. And the Father is the gardener. How do we respond to this in our hearts? How can we come to the conclusion of this series tonight with a passion to fruitfulness? And I really sense it. I've enjoyed the series. God's come and applied his word. And I really sense, friends, there's a passion in this house for us to continually be fruit-bearing and to continually be those people that would be healthy in every aspect of our Christian walk so that we might continually grow. How can we respond to that? Well, briefly, let me give you three things in terms of responding to this message tonight. Number one, we can be fruit-bearing, bearing healthy fruit by relating. Verse 4 says these words. It says, remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If you've got an authorized version, it says, abide in me. Abide in me. And uh, the, the word there, abide, could remain, remain. And so that's why modern translations have moved it up. In some translations, it says, live in me. In others, it says, be in me. In other words, friends, there has to be a connection to Jesus. And we're here tonight because many of us have made a connection to Jesus. It's called becoming a Christian. Still come across people say, well, everybody in this country is a Christian. We live in a Christian country, do we? You know, wow. No, not everybody is a Christian. And then you take, so you're one of those born again Christians. As oh, there's another type. There isn't another type, friends. Jesus says, you must be born again. In other words, a Christian simply tonight is someone that was outside of Jesus doing their own thing that now is in Jesus and remains in him. They've asked him to forgive them of all the things they've done wrong. They've asked him to give them a new start. And they've said, Lord Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I want your Holy Spirit to live in my life. And I want you to become Lord over everything I do. I want to grow in you. That's a Christian. And sometimes we think that's the start. But listen, sometimes we think it's the finish as well. But it's not. It is just the start. And God says to believers tonight, continue to remain in me. Now, there's good news and bad news. 
And firstly, I'll give you the bad news of what gets produced when people don't live in Jesus. And there's a list given in Galatians chapter 5. It's called the works of the flesh. But it really describes people that are trying to live their lives outside of Jesus. I'm going to read it from the message. And this is what it says. It says, it's obvious what kind of life develops after trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex and a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. The vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. I could go on. Well, that speaks something of 21st century society. That's the bad news. But it's always good to follow bad news with good news, isn't it? And the good news follows straight on in Galatians. And again, I'm going to read it from the message. Some of you would describe this as the fruit of the Spirit. Here's what it says. But what happens when we live God's way? In other words, when we abide or remain in Jesus. He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. We could put it in these words, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. We get the fruit of the Spirit. All healthy things grow. Not by trying hard. Not by curling up in a ball. Not by turning over a new leaf. Not even by coming to church every week. We get it, friends, in only one way. With our lives connected to Jesus. Abiding in Him. If you've never done that tonight then I want to say, without any sense of hesitation, the greatest decision you can ever make in your life is to commit yourself to Jesus and say, I'm going to remain in him. I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to give my life over to the Lord. But you know, the danger is sometimes that as Christians, we move away from that grace work in our lives to try and force it ourselves. And recently in the midweek, Bible teaching, we've done Galatians and we realize that's not possible. God doesn't want us to try and go back to doing Christianity in religious ways. And interestingly, those verses that I've just read are found there in Galatians. It's continuing to let the Spirit of God work in us as we remain in Him. So that it's not by trying, it's through relating. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1.3, He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And Tonight, friends, God's calling us to continue to remain in him, not moving further and further away, but drawing closer and closer to. So that's the first way. The first way that we become 
healthy, fruit-bearing people is by relating. The second way is by submitting. In verse 2 it says, He cuts off every branch in, in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So the dead branches get cut off. That's pretty easy to deal with. But the fruit-bearing branches also draw the attention of the gardener. And this is where it gets interesting. Jesus says, I'm the vine, and you're the branches. And if we're going to continue to produce fruit, friends, we must allow the gardener to continue to work on our lives. And that means, on occasions, drastic pruning. Now, we've got people in the room tonight that are green-fingered. They're very good in the garden. I'm a binge gardener. (laughs) And it sort of gets done like, but some people have got beautiful gardens, and they're brilliant to have knowledge of plants and flowers. Don't that Alan Titchmarsh go on your nerves? He He seems to know something about everything. You know... When you listen to him, on the, and then all of a sudden he starts coming out with the Latin for all these plants as well. And uh, he seems to know something. I was listening to him yesterday, and he was going on about music from Suffolk. He says, we used to go on all the... I said, to Suffolk, I thought, is there anything this bloke has never done, you know? But the fact is, he's got an incredible horticultural knowledge, really incredible. And of course, he started just as a, a gardener and... and sort of developed into a great career in all sorts of ways. But those of you that are good with plants and flowers, fruit-bearing bushes, will know the seasons when pruning has to take place. And for the untrained eye like me, I would sometimes look at something that you've just pruned and seemingly think that you've destroyed it. You've cut it back so far that think, what's happened? But you know that you've done that not to destroy it, but to position it for greater fruitfulness and flower in the future. And it's exactly the same in the spiritual. Because God comes to us sometimes by his spirit and begins to prune us. He begins to cut close to our lives. He says, yeah, you're in Jesus. You want to grow, do you? You want a healthy fruit, do you? You want to be someone that all healthy things grow? You want to be more like me, do you? Well, what about that attitude? What about that hurt? What about that motive? What about that habit? What about that area that you need to make some adjustment in your life? What about... And he begins to cut close in our lives. And it's so important, friends, that we realize that in those seasons, it's not because the gardener doesn't like us, it's because he's passionate about producing more fruit in our lives. Sometimes we must say, oh, Lord, you're going to kill me. You're going to destroy me. But God says, no, I'm not. I know exactly what I'm doing. And I want you to yield yourself to me because I've got a passion and purpose for your life. You see, when you're pruning that flower, that bush, that plant, they've got no choice. You're in charge. Well, I've not found a rose bush speak back to anybody yet, but anyway. But the reality is, The relationship that we have with the Lord is exactly that. It's a relationship. And therefore, we can say no. Somebody said to me in church this morning, don't you think, Phil, that one of the greatest gifts God's ever given is his free will? I said, absolutely. He's not called robotic responses to him. He's called people 
out of the response of their heart, said, Jesus, I'll follow you. So here's the truth. The Holy Spirit begins to hold me down in our lives. We perhaps responded in worship. We perhaps read something from the Word. There's perhaps been a series in the church. I'm just hungry for more of God. And we begin to spend some time with the Lord, begin to speak to Him. And God begins to come close. He begins to speak. Maybe every time you come to church, it's like God's gone boing on the head. Or you feel those secateurs coming out by the Spirit every time you come to church. And He's cutting so close. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm pruning your life. I'm pruning your life. Because I've read the intents of your heart. I've seen that you want to go on with me. I've seen that you want to produce more fruit. It's not going to happen unless I can chop that off and chop that off and chop that off. and chop. Not because I want to destroy you, but because I want you to be the man and woman in Jesus that I've called you to be. At our recent conference, Dr. Dave Smith said this, and it was a word to his heart. Do you ever get one of those prophetic words? Oh, thanks. Well, he got a prophetic word, and it was this. The greater the call, the more radical the surgery. The greater the call, the more radical the surgery. As I was just thinking about this word this afternoon, not preparing it, thinking about it. It's been prepared since Friday. But as I was thinking about this word this afternoon, forgive me for a moment, but I thought about the young people in our church, some of them represented here tonight, that we love, that we appreciate, and that we're so thankful that express a multi-generational church in arena. And I want to just really challenge you tonight to say that I believe that God's got a plan and a purpose. I'm going to pray over it at the end for our young people in our church. It's not just to ordinariness. It's to something incredible in God's. It really is. It could be expressed in the church, in Arena Mansfield. It may be in another context from Arena Mansfield. And I just encourage you this afternoon, this evening, young people. I'm not picking on you because it's for every one of us. I just felt a, just a... An urge in my heart just to say this. I want to encourage you to continually bring your lives to the Lord in this season because there will be pruning seasons. There will be times when the Holy Spirit seems to come really, really close. But the greater the call, the more radical the surgery. And for some of those dreams that are birthed in your heart, some of those passions to see thousands touch, some of those desires to operate in the supernatural, all fantastic. Don't pull back on them to pray for people to move into areas of influence, to be great in your generation. Keep dreaming all of that. Believe for it. But in all of that, don't don't underestimate the fact that at times God's going to come close. And my encouragement is for you to let him come close, to let him prune in exactly the way that he wants to because he knows what he's doing. And he's got greatness over people's lives for his glory and for his praise. In our Christian walk, My Christian walk, most of the growth spurts that have come in my life have come out of pruning times. They really have. They've come out of pruning times. And I've gone through the exercise of praying to the Lord. See, as someone else says, prayer's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. I get worried when people say I'm spending huge times times with the Lord and they never change. It's impossible. If you're spending a lot of time with God, you're bound to change because it's not a monologue. You talk to him, but guess what? He starts to have a lot to say to you about changing you. And I've gone through the thing where I've been desperate for God, more of him, and God said things to me. And I've walked away thinking he was going to forget about them. And they've come back to prayer the following day, and God says, hello. He didn't quite talk, well, maybe he does, you know. But what about, what about, you know. And there's all sorts of things I could mention. And the reality is that in my late teens, I think some of you know I like 
football a little bit, you know. But there was a time when it was before Jesus. And he spoke to me about it. Nothing wrong with football. But he says, who are you really going to serve? You know. And I had to make one or two very painful decisions. Which wouldn't mean anything to you, but they meant a lot to me. They meant a lot to me. Because who came first? And that question about who comes first in your life. And as we've gone on, as we've gone on in the journeys, we've gone on in ministry. As Sharon and me have sometimes gone through some things. Whoa, what's that? It was a pruning time. It was a pruning time. And I realized that God knew exactly what he was doing all of the time. Positioning me for this season of my life to be all that he's called me to be. Because I've willingly allowed him to prune. Sometimes I've had an argument with him. Sometimes I'd hope he'd forget about what he said to me and let me move on. He says, no. But to submit to the Lord and allow him to come close. And I really want to believe tonight that God's going to do that. And I really want to encourage our young folks that love God, that turn up, that bless him. Just to continue to let God be all that he's called you to be in Jesus' name. But for every one of his friends, all healthy things grow when we merge into healthy fruit. One, by relating, but two, by submitting. I close by saying, thirdly, we do it by believing. Verse 8. And this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 16. You did not chose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Amen. So thirdly, by believing. I don't want to get into, we were talking about it in in the Ephesians, the thought about choosing friends tonight. I don't want to get into, I don't believe that God goes down the line and says, no, yes, no, yeah. But there's a sense, friends, that when we come to the Lord, we're chosen. There's a sense where we, we feel special. We feel blessed that God's invaded our world and brought us to himself. And he's chosen you and he's appointed you. He's not just appointed you just to muse through life, making no impact. He's chosen us, here it says in verse 8, to bear much fruit, fruit that will last, showing yourself to be my disciples. The Bible says in John chapter 10 that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. In other words, his plan is fruitlessness. That's the bad news, good news again. But I am come that you might have life and have it in all of its fullness or abundantly. Fruitfulness, the life of the age to come now. Getting something of what we're going to enjoy forever now. Fruitfulness. Brothers and sisters, I want you to believe tonight that that's your destiny and purpose. You know, many of us live in pretty ordinary circumstances. We understand that. But here's the truth tonight. The purpose and destiny over every one of us here is that we bear fruit. Not fruit that would last for a few weeks, but fruit that would last forever. Something that would pour out of our lives, that would impact other people, that would last forever. You may say, well, Phil, I, I'm not a public person. I'm not very confident at times. I'm not very good with words. We just live in an ordinary house. I've not got a great income. And so it could go on. Many of us are there. But the reality is God wants to cut right through that. And say, if you'll relate to me, if you'll let me prune you, then I want to come to a place where you'll have a belief that you'll produce amazing fruit for my glory and praise. Friends, what a season for us in Arena Mansfield to see fruitfulness. 
fruitfulness in our own lives that pours out and touches other people. Fruitfulness in seeing hundreds of people come to Jesus in these days for his glory and for his praise. Believe for it, because it's our purpose and our destiny in God. And so the series comes to a conclusion. And I trust that you've been blessed by it. All healthy things grow. Let's believe that our soul will be healthy. Let's believe that our homes, with all the challenges that a 21st century world brings, will be healthy. Let's believe that our appetite will forever increase for the things of God. Let's believe that church, this local church, will continue to be healthy because as Monday follows Sunday, it'll also grow when it stays healthy. And let's believe tonight in our lives, on the inspiration of John 15, that every one of us, however long we've been a Christian or however little, whatever our experiences, whatever our situations, whatever our failures even, that we'll come to a place of saying to God again, intentionally, Lord, we respond to you, we yield to you, and we're believing for healthy fruits in our lives. I wonder if you just stand with me. I want to pray a prayer over us before the band come and bring a closing song.